our foster care system is shattered. And this podcast is about how we as a community can come together to bring about change, change in the system and changing the lives of children in foster care. Hi, my name is Rob Shear. I'm the founder of a national charity called Comfort Cases. I'm an advocate for children in foster care. I'm a public speaker. I'm an author of a forever family, but most important, I'm a dad to five of the most amazing kids. Welcome to the Fostering Change podcast. It is another Tuesday and we are here at Fostering Change. Wow. What an unbelievable year this has been. You know, it's been so unbelievable on so many different levels. Number one, we are finally getting to the other side of a pandemic. And I, again, hope that each and every one of you have um, made that choice to get vaccinated. So, you know, you can do what I love to do the most, and that's hug. Um, But I also want people to understand that what we're going through within our foster care system. You know, we are sitting here in July, and we are getting ready to go back to school. As a matter of fact, I just opened up a letter from one of my kids' teachers where school is going to be starting in the second week of August. And I started thinking about all the kids within our foster care system throughout the country that are also going to be starting back to school. You know, for the last year, we've been sitting in a pandemic. And in that pandemic, kids have been behind a Zoom camera. And most Zoom cameras have not been required to be turned on. And each and every one of us know that our frontline workers, which are our teachers, are the ones who make sure that our children are safe. We know that the calls that come in as court-appointed people, that we see number after number of children entering foster care. And I keep thinking, how is that going to change in the next couple of weeks? Well, my next guest has just as much passion as I ever thought I could have when it comes to foster care. She is someone who really wants to be part of the change. And I think each and every one of us have the ability to do that. You know, I say quite often, not each and every one of us have the ability to be foster parents. Not every one of us are going to adopt. But the one thing that each and every one of us can do is do. And that's exactly what my friend Jen Lilly does every single day. So I would like everyone to welcome my friend, the most amazing actress, the person who gives more than what you could ever imagine. We're all going to talk about that. My friend, Jen. Jen, welcome to Fostering Change. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for having me on, Rob. I love you. I could do a much better intro for you. I mean, just with accolades, I'm saying your intro is so good for me, but all the positive things you said about me, I could say even more about you is what I mean by that. So, and you're going to make me cry. I was like, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry before, <laughs> before you even come on. I well, you know what? You make me cry all the time. And so I see on the little bottom of your screen that we have Camp Christmas in July, and I just want to jump right in. You know, I remember when you and I were connected and you started telling me about, you know, what you do every year and about how it's really important for you to make sure that kids who are entering school um, that are in foster care or kids who are not as privileged to have a backpack full of school supplies, that it was really important that you do this project. So tell my um, listeners and those who are viewing exactly what is Camp Christmas in July and Christmas is not canceled.com. 
Okay, amazing. I'll try to give it to you in the most nutshell version. Brevity is not my, you know, forte, if you haven't learned that about me yet, Rob. <laughs> okay, so um, basically, you know, we've all, anyone who's listening, you know, that means they went through 2020. And we all know 2020 was a super rough year. And um, everything got canceled right and left, right? It was like birthdays are canceled, your parties are canceled, your holidays are canceled, culture is canceled, you know, everything that could be canceled was. And back in, you know, August and September of last year, my business partner, Alejandra and I were chatting and I said on the phone, I said, you know, Christmas better not be canceled. And then I stopped and I said, wait a second, we have to do something about Christmas. We have to save Christmas from being canceled. And so it, it started as like a half joke, not really, but you know, like that's how the conversation started. And I went on GoDaddy. I was like, Christmas is not canceled.com is available. Let's buy it. We're going to figure out what we're going to do. And so then I started thinking about just everyone in our nation. Um, and you know, you're a parent and I'm a parent. And especially if your ch children believe in Santa Claus, you know, I, just kept thinking of all the parents who have kept a brave face for their kids all of 2020. And then Christmas morning is going to come and you can't explain to a four-year-old where his Tonka truck is. Like you didn't get a Tonka truck. You don't want to say, cause mommy and daddy couldn't afford it or, you know, daddy and daddy couldn't afford it or whatever the case is, you know, it's so, and, and, and you know, you can only keep such a brave face. So we decided to do a fundraiser called Christmas It's Not Canceled, um, where we raised 10,380 toys for Toys for Tots. Um, quality toys, like not dollar story toys, yeah. amazing toys. And we did this whole giveaway. So somebody won the ultimate Christmas, right? The tree, the dinner, the gifts, the, the whole shebang. Um, and we did weekly giveaways. And then we thought we were done because it just about killed us because Alejandra is in fashion. She has a full-time job. I have a full-time job and I'm a mom of three toddlers, you know, like it was super nuts. And then one of our sponsors, Balsam Hill called us and they were like, great. So Balsam Hill does, you know, Christmas trees, the best Christmas trees ever. And you know, I'm actually giving you one from Balsam Hill. We're really excited about that. They're the best trees ever. And so they, and I don't just say that because they're our sponsors. They're our sponsors because I literally didn't give them a choice because I love them so much. I was like, I can't have Christmas without you. They are the ultimate Christmas. So they called us in January and said, hey, so we're planning our entire Q4, which is quarter four in sales, which is Christmas around your marketing. So what are you going to do? And Ale and I were like, what are we going to do? Like, we're not doing anything. We just about died. <laughs> we're not doing anything again. And so they were like, well, we really think that you should. And if you want to, like, we want to talk about sponsorship again. So just let us know. And we were like, okay, well, let us go take some antidepressants. <laughs> so we were like, can't do this. And then I went on a child help tour, which is another one of our charity partners we love. You know, you child help now, and they've partnered with you as well. And they're like comfort cases, you know, they're the real deal. They really just care about kids and helping kids. And the kids are always at the forefront. And I was bringing a company called Sackloth and Ashes, like this whole story is on our website too. Crazy. To on a tour with Bob Dalton, they donate Sackloth and Ashes blankets to comfort cases. And I get to talking to Bob and I'm like, listen, Bob, I'm so glad you make these blankets because I had this idea to do the exact same thing, like a one for one, you buy our blanket, you give it to homeless people. I, people in homelessness, you know, I am so glad you're doing this because I don't have time, but I have all these great ideas of like, how do we help the world? <laughs> you know, and I'm so glad you're doing it. So I don't have to. And he's like, Oh, well, what are your other ideas? And I said, well, 
I want to, you know, start a backpack company and I want to, you know, give a backpack for every child in foster care and, you know, for everyone that buys our backpack. And he goes, well, have you talked to Rob Shear? And I'm like, who's Rob Shear? Is Rob Shear already doing this? This is great. Like, I don't want to do this. And so then he introduced us to you. Michael Medora from Child Hope comes over and he's like, you're talking about backpacks? I've got backpacks. You want to fill up? <laughs> what is happening? And I was like, all right, look, we're going to do a Christmas in July campaign. And that brings us to the point. Christmas in July, it's a whole thing in the United States. I do a lot of movies for Hallmark. Hallmark does Christmas in July campaigns. So we're doing Christmas in July, but we're having a little fun with it. We're calling it Camp Christmas in July. Every single week, people can win up to $25,000 worth of awesome prizes, $5,000 cash, three vacations, the Balsam Hill Christmas tree, friendly TV, child life vitamins, all sorts of things. And it's benefiting um, children in foster care and our partners, Comfort Cases, Child Help, and City Serve. Um, and, you know, this week we're giving away vacations. People can just go to christmasisnotcanceled.com. And by buying school supplies for children who are experiencing foster care, they're entered to win all of these awesome prizes. And then the camp portion is an interactive um, virtual camp where we have game nights and stuff like that. And that also partially benefits charity, but that's really just a community um, of like-minded people. So, cause you know, it's exact, like doing good work is amazing, but it's also draining if you don't have a community of like-minded individuals around you kind of like, you know, encouraging you to keep going. So that's what the camp portion of it is. And that's a long-winded way to answer. No, your I love it. I absolutely love it. So, so first of all, we're gonna we're gonna jump back a little bit because I want to talk yep. about one of your sponsors. Um, you know, my husband Reese is an interior designer, and so when you um, text me and told me about the Christmas tree, again, I've heard you talk about the the sponsor and how amazing the trees are. But this guy doesn't do the trees; I don't put them up, but he does. Reese puts up many in our house, and when okay. I told him, he was just like screaming. He's like, "Do you know how unbelievable these trees are?" They're amazing. I know. They, he was like, they like, actually look real. Like I'm obsessed with them. I'm like, y'all, this is not like a super paid sponsorship or something. I'm just telling you, like, their trees are the ultimate Christmas tree. That's what Reese said. Reese said this is the Rolls Royce of Christmas trees. Yes. And yes. their company cares so much about giving back to that. children and the community. So, you know, perfect. I love that. And you know what? The thing is, is I love the one thing that you've done, Jen, that I have tried so hard to do throughout the last eight years when we started Comfort Cases. I truly believe that nonprofits, it is so important for us to come together and work together as one team. I think that so many times people are worried about, oh, somebody might take my donor or somebody might get my grant list. And something that we've always tried to instill in Comfort Cases is that listen, there's enough to go around. Let us all come together and be stronger for children who are in foster care because we know that their foundation is not strong. And I think that, you know, by you bringing organizations together like you have, um, it's been a first time for this and for us and for us to be able to work with such amazing people. Um, I'm excited. The thing I want to ask you real quick, so this is going to be all over next on this will be over on Thursday on Thursday, which I'm so excited that not that it's over, but it's happening literally yeah. in four days. Um, can people still go on and donate throughout the year at Christmas Not Canceled and continue to purchase any supplies and stuff for, for this? 
That's a fantastic question. Um, no, we do a July campaign for the backpacks and then we do another campaign um, for Toys for Tots from October through December 10th. But I might leave, um, you know, you know that I've just, re we've just recently added uh, a place on the site where people can buy, um, you know, pajamas for children who are in foster care through comfort cases. So I might leave that up, but it's a whole thing with like sweepstakes and yeah, no, no, no. that go on there. So I don't know. The reason, I was asking, no. the, the reason I was asking is we have so many followers and they always want to do. And so if there is an opportunity that even that they can do the toys parts of it, you know, I, I get that call. Let me tell you, I have a huge big box waiting for you when it comes to the toys part, because we get toys sent to us all the time. We get toy manufacturers who reach out to us um, and we don't put toys in our backpacks, but what a great opportunity that people can do this for back to school. And by the way, everyone, I want you to hear these numbers. They're absolutely alarming. This year, only 54% of children in foster care, 54% will graduate from high school. That's it, that's it. You know, and the fact that I truly do believe that the reason these children fall to the wayside is because we do not give them the proper support. And I mean the support. And I was actually, I'm in Chicago today, but I was actually in my center and at the front desk was a woman. Jen, she was probably maybe in her early 70s. She comes and volunteers and she was sitting there counting your pencils that you had sent us. And I looked at and I said to her, I said, how does this make you feel? And she says, I just feel like I'm really going to make a difference for a child. You know, the one thing I'll tell you, you don't have to know someone to love someone. And that's what you've shown us, you know, by giving these kids a backpack full of so many important, important items that I think that it's so, so important. How do you feel when you hear the statistics of how kids are going through our system? Oh, Rob, I mean, probably the same way you feel. It just completely breaks my heart and it makes me wish I could take all of them, you know, like I'm going to need a bigger boat, like I'm going to need a bigger house and just not be an actress anymore. And, you know, it's overwhelming. But I think, you know, that's one thing I love about the Christmas is not canceled incorporated. Like we went ahead, we formed a whole company. We were like, I guess we're doing this long term um, and we're going to partner with you every year as long as you'll have us. And um I think that it's the same thing with comfort cases, you know, or any nonprofit that's working in this arena. What I love about our company, Christmas is not canceled, is that we're a non we're a, we're a marketing company for nonprofits. So we take a really depressing topic and you bring awareness to it. And awareness is advocacy because so many people want to help, but they don't know how. And so we try to do it in a fun way. But I mean, I really get overwhelmed when I think about the statistics, but um, if you just break it down, you know, to one child, you like your help making, you know, you might not be able to reach them all, but if you can reach one child, that has a ripple effect. You know, think about the ripple effect that we all have in society and um, we can always do something, you know, and, and you touched on it, but these aren't just backpacks. And I think it's been kind of incredible to educate a lot of my followers um, and fans to just say like this this might just seem like a backpack to you or I, but it's not like 
this is a message to these children that they are seen and they are not forgotten and that there is a whole army of world changers who are rooting for them who say that you're not a label and you're not a statistic you're better than that and you can you can do more and we believe in you you know it's just so important and and I've had a lot of my followers be like, you know what? I thought about foster care. I learned more about it because of this, and I'm going to become a foster parent. And I think that the more positive awareness you can bring to the issue, I mean, I know I'm preaching to the choir here and probably your followers too, since they're listening to something about foster care, you know, they're obviously interested, but we should never underestimate the power of your voice and the power of advocacy because I don't even know how many of my fans have now become foster parents. And they're the type of people that you want to be foster parents because they're in it for the right reasons. You're right. You're totally right. Listen, everybody, this is an absolute first half that has been so amazing and so energetic. I, first of all, cannot believe that having on Fostering Change, um, by the way, you all should know, she has been on the big screen. She's been on the small screen. She was in The Artist, which um, was an Academy Award-winning film. You've done Days of Our Lives. You've done General Hospital. You have filmed uh, countless movies on the Hallmark Channel. But to me, I think the most amazing title that my friend Jen has is she's a mom. And we're going to talk about that as soon as we get back. This episode of Fostering Change is sponsored by Comfort Cases, a national nonprofit that is inspiring our communities to bring dignity and hope to youth in foster care. You know, for just $10 a month, you can support the Comfort Cases mission to eliminate trash bags from the foster care system. For every $10 donated, a Comfort XL duffel bag will be given to a child entering foster care. Please help us be part of the change. Go to comfortcases.org and see how you can help a child entering our foster care system. We are so excited for this Thursday. I'm gonna tell you, this Thursday has been something that my friend Jen has worked so hard along with her business partner, Alejandra, to make this happen. And I will say, this has been an unbelievable work. Jen, you're an actress. And so you get scripts and you need to study them. Um, you have whole productions. This, I'm going to tell you, I've never been involved in something like this where there are so many moving parts. I need to ask you one quick question. How do you do it? So stressed out. <laughs> Let's just be honest, my hair, I had to cut like five inches off. I'm so devastated. I'm like, I'm supposed to be playing a Christmas princess. <laughs> my hair is not princess level. Um, you know, I just drink a lot of coffee. I now drink it black. I started drinking it black since the campaign. I, you know, honestly though, I do, you know, to be honest, like jokes aside, but kind of not joking. But you know, Rob, I do a lot of it through prayer. Cause I just am like, I just, every time I feel burnt out, I think about these kids and I think about like the father's love for these kids. And, you know, it's not about none of this, none of the work that you do or none of the work that I do is about our goodness and our righteousness. Like we can never be good enough. It's about God's love for these kids and he loves them so much. And, you know, scripture says all throughout scripture that he will take care of these kiddos and he will. And we just get to be a vessel that, you know, is part of that. So I like it. You know, and I always say we're, we're all here to do one thing and that is to serve. 
Um, mm -hmm. And I think the more that we've realized it, and by the way, for those who are listening and watching, um, I talk about it. If you've read my book, A Forever Family, I have a deep faith. And I say to everyone, I don't care what you believe, just believe. Just believe. Um, and that's so important. You know, Jen, you um, are somebody that I really look up to. And let me tell you the reason why. It isn't all about the Christmas is not canceled and the fact that you are an amazing actress and an amazing singer. By the way, if you guys didn't know this, she was also a singer and a songwriter. But what made you decide to do one of the most unbelievable jobs and that's to be a foster parent because i just you don't see that you don't hear about that when it comes to actors actresses you know singers songwriters foster parent it those just don't sound right what made you decide to go that route wow um again such a complicated question and an amazing question and i'll try to be brief um I think the foundation of it that I just mentioned is the fact that, you know, I do have a genuine faith in Jesus. And I grew up in the Bible Belt in Virginia where I just like Kumbaya Christianity makes me want to vomit, to be honest. You know, I can't handle people who are Christian by word only. Um, and I think that the, I think that the church as a whole is trying to do better now. But my reality is that I know we serve a God who runs toward broken things. You know, God is not afraid of brokenness and he's not afraid of messiness. And life is too short for us to not get involved. But um, backing up, you know, when I was growing up, my parents were unofficial foster parents. I say unofficial because my dad was a judge and my mom was a director of a women and children's um, charity for marketing. <laughs> Go figure. And, um, and so there are almost always people staying at our home who, you know, or maybe a friend of the family or a friend of a friend who just kind of needed uh, a hand up in life, you know, they needed help transitioning. So the idea of somebody living in our home who was outside of our family was not a foreign concept to me. Um, cut ahead to me being married to Jason. And, you know, this is a something that even the listeners, if they haven't really taken the dive into foster care, but they're interested in fostering, you know, I just have to tell them they're not alone in the maybe idea that one spouse is not as into it. You know, I, I'm clearly the gas in the relationship and Jason is the brakes and we need both because otherwise your car either wrecks or it doesn't move. So he, you know, he did not want to foster. He thought like 51% of surveyed Americans that children in foster care were related to children. You know, those are the bad kids. Like those are the kids who go to juvenile delinquent system and it's like, well, they might end up there um, if no one loves them. So he had to really learn that, you know, children who are in foster care are in foster care through no fault of their own, but because they sustained unimaginable abuse and neglect and truly unimaginable abuse and neglect. I mean, you know, Rob, we are not taking kids out of their homes willy nilly. You know, that's not how our system works. And in fact, seven children die every single day in the United States due to child abuse and neglect because people didn't take them out of that situation. So if a child's in foster care, he or she has gone through a lot and they absolutely need love and they absolutely need, you know, I mean, you got me preaching now, but basically upwards okay. of 98% of our human trafficking victims in the United States came from foster care. 72% of our incarcerated came from foster care. 50% of our homeless population came from foster care. And that is because if we do not love people as a child, what do you think is going to happen to them? Of course, they're going to experience brokenness. So I am all about running toward that particular brokenness 
and, and trying to love them and heal them as children because, you know, that's some one of the work that child help does so well. They take the cases that the federal government says these kids, like they need to either be worked, walked up in a psychological ward or just go to jail. You know, kids, you know, like we, they're, they're hopeless and child help says no, no child is hopeless. So I became a mentor through their program and they have a program called Special Friends. It's kind of like Big Brothers, Big Sisters. And um, there was one special friend in particular, her name was Lariah and we really fell in love with her and Jason in particular fell in love with her. And um, when a child is living at a uh, child help facility, you know, as their mentor, you're not allowed to ask them, why are they there? You know, you're not allowed to ask pressing questions. Now, if the child brings it up, you can say, well, how does that make you feel? And you know, then you can, then you can open the discussion, but only if the child is letting you in. And um, I can say her name now because her case is closed and like everything's great. I'm not saying her last name and she's incredible. Um, but she was facing reunification with her mom. And while most foster parents, you know, we are supposed to be pro reunification. The goal of foster care is not adoption. It's to reunify these families, to heal them. I actually like to call it family restoration. Um, but you, yeah, right? Like we want them to come back together, you know, because the truth is, is that foster care is a cycle. So like my kid's mom, she grew up in foster care and she grew up homeless, you know? So she didn't know how to be a parent. She loved her boys. She just did not know how to parent. So we have to break the cycle. Um, but if you live in the child help village, my my firm opinion is that that parent should be locked up for life and they should never get their child back because we're talking about Gabriel Fernandez level cases. Like, I'm sorry, you do not deserve your child back. So she was facing reunification and her mom had told her, if I win, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to leave you in the desert and no one will ever find you. Mm -hmm. um, and so she was really afraid and she started talking to us about it and Jason, that was the reality check for him. So we got in the car and he's like white knuckling the steering wheel. And like, you haven't had the honor of meeting my husband yet, but he is the calmest person in the world. I not calm, I heated about everything. Jason, so even keeled that it's like, we used to get in fights because I was like, do you feel anything? So like, he is like white knuckling the steering wheel. He's like, when we get back to Los Angeles, we are taking those foster care clauses. And I'm like, slow down, slow down, turn on your blinker. Okay, <laughs> you know? So we got licensed and we were not able to foster Lariah, but she's reunified with her grandmother, which is the best choice for her. Um, and we got our son, Caden, who we just thought we would foster and then, you know, reunify and, you know, take a vacation and go on and, you know, but we're so delighted that we got to adopt Caden. So that's in a nutshell, my story. Wow, that is amazing. And, and you know, um, you and I, have, we agree on so many things because I am like you. I do believe that there is um, the fact that, yes, children should be reunified with their, their birth parents when it is healthy, when it is safe, and right. when it is beneficial for the, the function of the family. The problem is, is what we're seeing, because the court system has so many times their reunification, reunification, we have these boomerang kids, which yes. they go, come in the system, go out of the system, come in, and psychologically we're doing more damage. You know, and Absolutely. the thing that, you know, I've said this, and you know, I have my, my five beautiful babies that I have, um, I say this all the time, um, it is not responsible for adults to sit for make children sit on a sideline while we try to figure out how to be adults. So we gave mm -hmm. every one of our birth 
of parents um, the opportunity to be an adult and to, to take all the classes. And, I, and I'll never forget saying to my husband, and by the way, two of my kids came in with severe abuse and there was no way in heck that I was gonna allow them to, to go back. But my other two children, I remember saying to my husband, I said, I'm gonna give it 18 months. Mm-hmm. And if if they don't get their crap together in 18 months, we are moving on with these children. And I don't yep. care. If, and we end up hiring our own attorney for the adoption and everything because I just don't think it's fair. And as you said, I mean, these kids deserve permanency. They need yes. a foundation because if not, they end up like the statistic that you just said. And I remind everybody, you know, and, and, and I love the fact that at Fostering Change, we get so many new listeners and so many new viewers. I I really want you to understand something that my friend Jen said. You know, she said the fact that, you know, these are 51% of Americans think that these are bad kids. There is no such thing as a bad child. It's a child that needs to be redirected. A child needs to be redirected. And that's something that we really need to understand. You know, it's hard to believe in several days we're going to come together. How many backpacks are we going to be doing, my friend? Um, so we decided to cap it off at 2400 and any, so just so we can get all the school supplies there, you know, because it does take a while to ship and all of that. And I want all these backpacks to be the exact same so that every child is receiving the highest level of quality. Um, but I know we're going to hit at least uh, 3000 So we're going to have to figure out what to do with those extra 600 backpacks. We will oh. obviously fulfill them, but we won't be packing them on Thursday because there's only so much elbow grease we can do in one day. Yeah. Well, I will tell you, we have volunteers that are coming in from the tri-state area because they are so excited to be a part of this. They are so excited to roll their sleeves up, you know, and be a part of the change that each and every one of us need to be a part of. And understand that, you know, something that, you know, you and I both believe, these kids do not belong to you. They do not belong to me. They belong to us. They belong to Mm -hmm. us. And when I look into a child's eyes that I get to meet throughout the country, um, I actually makes my heart smile, Jen. And the reason is because I see my future. And I know that if I invest in them today, our future will be bright tomorrow. It will be bright tomorrow. Listen, my friend, you are truly what I say is a good human. I am so lucky that I get to call you my friend. I am so lucky that you have made a decision to make sure that children who are entering foster care, children who are in the system, know, as you said, that they are loved and that they matter. And I have to ask you one last question. What would you say to the little girl that is walking into the system today at the age of 12, what would you tell her? You're gonna be okay. I mean, that's... You're gonna be okay, you know? And I think that's something that we all need to know, that each and every one of us, listen, as we continue to go throughout our day today, I hope that you understand that each and every one of us 438,000 children need to know that they're loved, that they matter. We need to know that if we do not take care of them today, I promise you, my friends, you will take care of them tomorrow. Let's not do it that way. 
Let's build them that future. Let's get these backpacks. There's still time for you to donate. There is still time. And Jen, from the family at Comfort Cases, thank you. Thank you for the pajamas. Let me tell you something. I, I say this and I'll, I'll end this really quick with the story that I've told thousands and thousands and thousands of times. I remember the 40-year-old little girl. I remember walking into my house and being the saddest little girl I'd ever seen. I remember taking her shopping with my husband and my other children, and I just kept thinking, I am the happiest and luckiest guy in the world because I'm a dad. And I'm a dad to the saddest little girl. And I remember as we got home and she got into the tub and all the bubbles were around her and her beautiful brown face was out of these bubbles and she still didn't smile. And I looked mm. at Reese and I said, this is the happiest day of my life. I've always wanted to be a dad, but I'm a dad to the saddest little girl. She walked into her bedroom and laying on the bed, Reese had laid three nightgowns. She walked over, she picked one of them up and she tore the tag off. And she turned around and she smiled at me. I said, Amaya, why are you smiling? And she said, Mr. Rob, I've never owned a new pair of pajamas before just not acceptable and my beautiful daughter is going to be 17 years old she and by the way every year she gets many new pairs of pajamas like every child deserves to have please visit christmasisnotcanceled.com jen thank you so much and i cannot wait for you and i to continue to be part of the change have a good day everybody I would like to thank all of you for listening to the Fostering Change podcast. You can subscribe on all of your favorite podcast streaming platforms, including Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Make sure you follow Comfort Cases on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Twitter at Comfort Cases. Check out the Fostering Change blog at comfortcases.org. And I know some of you have a question and I know some of you would love to be a guest. Please personally reach out to me at fosteringchange at comfortcases.org. That's fosteringchange at comfortcases.org. Then do me a big favor. Please help spread the word. Share this podcast. Share it with your friends and your family. Remember, I say this quite often, we're all part of the same community. And that community, it's not our zip code, but our human race. Let's all make a difference.